Should 83-year-old legends be seen but not heard? Are you kidding me? I'm Bill Shaver with Mark Middleton, and this is Growing Bolder. One of the most soulful singers in history is with us today. Yep, Smokey Robinson. What an icon. He wasn't just part of the Motown sound. He helped create it. But does he have to keep pushing the envelope? He's just released an album of all-new music, and it's called... Gasms. We'll ask him about what it takes to get some attention, even when you're a rock and roll Hall of Famer. I think Gasms is going to get people's attention right there. I'm looking forward to that interview. We've also got another Hall of Famer on the program today from the Tennessee Tennis Hall of Fame. Alice Tim is her name. She was legit, one of the best in the world in the mid-60s, and she's still at it today, but Now she's a pickleball champion. We'll find out how this 80-year-old became a star Masters athlete and why after people meet her, everybody says, I want to be just like her. You'll also hear a Growing Boulder classic interview with the godfather of fitness, the great Jack LaLanne. He'll talk about what he saw back then that everybody still believes in today. It's a timeless classic with a man who's changed an awful lot of lives. Ordinary people, extraordinary lives, this is growing bolder. to say it a million times on this program, and it is true. It is never too late. Are you ready for more proof? You know, I was thinking about this, and I'm pretty sure it was over a decade ago that I bought a CD. <laughs> Do you remember CDs? A CD of new music from Smokey Robinson, and I figured, hey, I- I'm going to get it because this might be it. Well, I was wrong. The legend himself is back, and he is making a statement. But let's let him tell us about it. Let's say a big hello to the legend, Smokey Robinson. How are you, Smoke? I'm good, Bill. How you doing, man? Man, this this new music, it, I, you know, I was stunned to hear that you were doing it, and I wasn't sure what to think, but it, I mean, it is awesome. Tell us about Gasms. Thank you. Well, Gasms, man, is um, I wanted the controversy, man, and and uh, and uh, so I needed you know people to say, well, what is he talking about, you know? So uh, that's why I did the Gasms song. That's why I did name the album Gasms because I needed that controversy. Like I said, it's been a while since I've had out some original material, and um, I wanted to make an impact. Well, you sure picked a good way to make an impact because the last thing that young people think they want to hear from is older people talking about things like gasms. Yeah, well, see, that's according to who the older person is. You know, I I never understood that. You know, I hear people talking about when, when they're 60 years old. Oh, well, I don't think about sex anymore. But I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> it's the same for me as it's always been, you know, but uh, that's not the point of the gasms. The gasms is you know, orgasm is any good feeling you might have, man. You know, it's not just about orgasm, which people connect it to immediately, you know. I guess that's the most important. Even if it was just about that, you know, older people are not supposed to be sexy, you know. But you're showing, this is the key, you're showing people that appeal is not about age. What do you wish younger people understood about all of us in the later stages of life? I I, I can't speak for everyone, but uh, Bill, I promise you, man, I don't feel any older than 50. Man. I mean, 
I do not feel old. I, I feel I feel spry and good and alive, you know. So I don't feel any older than fifty, man. So I just speaking for myself. Do you think people listening smoke? And, and I want to let people know you're 83 years old. Yes. This record, folks, when you hear this record, this man has still got it. His voice, the, his style. I mean, it is smooth. It aims at your heart, and it's hard not to listen to. Wake up in the morning, and there's love laying there. So when people listen, they go, oh, I'm, I'm about Smokey's age, but he's different. You know, he's he can do this and that. Do you think it's unique to you or can we all live life like this? I think everyone can do it, man. Age is, a, is, is just a number and it's a frame of mind. You know, if you, if you, if you get to the point, see, I don't ever want to be old, man. I don't want to be old. I don't want to be decrepit. People holding me up and walking me around. I don't want to be like that, man. So I take care of myself. I work out every day. I've been doing yoga for 40 years, you know, and, uh, and I try to eat right, you know. I, I, don't, I don't really drink. I drink some wine every now and then or, or some sake or something like that. I'm having some sushi. And, uh, you know, I just try to take care of myself, man. So how about that? We're listening to Smokey Robinson here tell us that being able to do what he can do at his age, it's not an accident. It comes from hard work. You know, I listened, Smokey, to your your book on Audible called Grateful and Blessed, and I I learned a lot about not just you but about me. I I mean, you haven't had red meat in years, and you love red Mm -mm. meat. And, And you were talking about being into meditation. But these aren't just things to throw out there. These are things that you think help account for the energy and the vitality that you still have today. Absolutely. I, I, I think that, though. I really do, man. Well, I don't know how you're doing it. You're going out on tour. Is that right, too? I've been on tour all year, man. You've been on tour all your life, Smoke, since you were 16, and you did Tracks of My Tears. Actually, I have, man. But this year, I've been on tour all year, man. You know, And I've accepted all these dates because when COVID hit, there was two and a half years of nothing. You know what I mean? Yep. I've accepted all these dates. Man, that's why we're so glad to have you here on Growing Boulder. You know, I, I hear you, and I hear the energy. I believe it, and I think I can follow you. I struggle to mow the yard every week, and you're going around the country <laughs> on tour. And what what motivates you, Smokey? It can't be, you know, it's not about fame anymore, and it's not about, you know, earning. No, 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 no babe. What it is with me is I tried retiring one time. And after about three years, I was climbing the walls. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just a need in me to do this. And I, I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing with my life. I'm very blessed to have a life where I can earn a living doing something that I absolutely love. So, yeah, man, I do I, I all the time. And what is it like for you, Smoke, when you look out in that audience and you see people that are, you know, like our kids' age, our grandkids' age, and it's not just that they're watching. They know who you are. They know the words to your songs. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Bill, I see people in the audience with lap kids, man. They got two kids on their laps, two and three years old. And the first time I ever saw them, they were on their parents' laps. You know what I mean? 
Man, that's that's got to that's got to really uh, open your mind in so many ways. You know, people always think, well, you know, it's easy. Smokey Robinson, he's a legend. He must have had an easy life, and they don't understand what you've been through. And it's probably Smokey. It's probably the hard times, the challenging times, the times when you didn't know what was going to come next. Those are the times where you really had to earn the status that you have now. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think it is that one with, with anyone who wants to be in show business, man. You know, people look at show business and say, well, God, that's an easy life. You know, you all you do is you go perform or sing or play or whatever you do, you know, but it's a hard life, man, and, and it's the one that you have to respect. You know what I mean? And I don't ever take it for granted, nor do I take it for granted that, okay, well, well I'm Smokey Robinson. That's, that's bull****, man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, just, I just try like I said, take care of myself and, and not take my life for granted because it's a blessing. And, and how do, when, when you're out with people, too, you're one of those guys, too, that you're a regular guy, Smokey. You're, it's not like, hey, look, avert your eyes. Here, you know, here, comes, here, here he comes. You, 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 you've seen all the legends. You've, been, you've touched their lives. You've written songs for, for the greats. You've got, had hits of your own. What have you learned about the differences between the people that we look up to and the ordinary people that live next door to us? Well, I, I just think that, you know, like I said, man, I just think that it's, you know, just something that, um, like I said, when you get a chance to be in show business, man, you get that break. You know, you cannot take it for granted because there are a million people every day waiting to take your place. That's the truth, isn't it? And I know that there's a work underway now on a movie about your life. What's what's the story that you want to tell? What do you want people to know about you? Bill, I'm going to be very candid, man. You know, uh, I and and one of my one of my closest friends has uh, we have written the script, and it's in the hands of the people now who are going to make the decisions on it and so on. But uh, I'm very candid, man. If I'm going to write about my life, I might as well write about my life and not not you know soft soak it or or make it roses and flowers and all that. You know, I'm going to tell about my life. You know, because, Smokey, that's where the lessons are. And you've had so many amazing experiences from all you've been through. What have you learned that you could tell us we need to remember that's really important in life? Uh, just, man, to take care of yourself, Bill. That's my, that's my main thing, man. Take care of yourself. Uh, you know, I'm not a religious man, but, you know, I love God. So, um, so that, that's, that's my formula. And life at 83? Is good. Life at eighty three is better than it was at seventy three. <laughs> Man, how long do you want to keep going? As long as I can stand up, I'm going to be the George Burns of this end of show business, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. If if you're making them, I'm buying them. Keep at it, Smokey, All because right, there's nobody like you. Nobody, nobody can create the atmosphere that you do. Nobody can make the connection with us like you can. And I don't know if it's because of the era you came up with. It certainly isn't because of the technology. What's the smoky secret? Just like I said, man, love what you're doing and give it your best shot every time. Give it your best shot. Don't ever take it for granted. Well, I, I, I love it. The album is called Gasms. How can you forget that, folks? It's called Gasms from the legendary, the compassionate, and the driven Smokey Robinson determined to live every single day of his life and inspiring the rest of us to do the same. Smokey, thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate you doing this, man. God bless. You make me feel like everything. 
She was a star on the tennis courts who never quit pushing, competing, and loving life. She's 80 now. She's got an entirely new game. And what she has to say about age might surprise you. The outspoken Alice Tim is next on Growing Boulder. Support for Growing Boulder provided by Caring Transitions, a senior move resource to help families ease the stress of life's transitions, offering relocation, home cleanouts, and the resale of everyday household items. Locations near you at caringtransitions.com. Mark and Bill here. This is Growing Boulder. Time now to meet one of the more interesting and outspoken people in sports. She was a tennis star back in the 1960s who is every bit as active and successful today at pickleball. One of the many who have taken up the game at the age of 80, she admits she still loves to fight. And, Bill, she never shies away from controversy. You know, Mark, I, I kind of have a feeling about this one that we're going to get a little bit of that right now, folks. Because as we speak, 80-year-old Alice Tim is on her way to compete in a nudist pickleball tournament, which, Mark, you're going to have to ask her about that. Folks, I have a feeling this is going to be a memorable interview. Let's start with tennis because, uh, you know, that's kind of how you got your legendary racket sports career, if you will, underway. And and you didn't take up the game until relatively late, as I understand it. Uh, Is that true? Just before you were a senior in high school, what inspired you? Well, I, I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and my father wanted me. I was playing baseball, not softball, but baseball. And my father wanted me to do something that was more respectable for a young girl. <laughs> and there was a woman named Maureen Conley who had won Wimbledon. And she came, uh, sponsored by Wilson Sporting Goods, she came and gave a clinic at Glen Oak Park. And it was at this clinic, I just knew that that's what I wanted to be was just like her. And she was Littles. It was Mo Conley was what they called her. And that was the beginning. And I never looked back. I've played tennis ever since or another racket sport. And you asked me just before we started this interview, you know, what, why are we doing this? And, and, you know, what's it all about? And, and what you just said is what it's all about. You as a young girl saw Mo Conley and it changed your life because you saw something that you wanted to, to be. And I have to tell you, Alice, every time that we've come in contact with you, and I think everybody that meets you walks away saying, I want to be like her. And you don't have to have a racket in your hand. You don't have to be on a pickleball court. Just the energy that you exude, the passion that you have for life is is the message that we want to share with everybody because you recently turned 80. Is is 80 what you thought it was going to be? Are you still having fun? Are you still enjoying what you do? Well, I think that's up to me. I mean, it's it's up to me to make it happen and and keep pushing the U.S. Pickleball Association to provide tournaments for the 80s and the 90 year olds. I, I don't think you can expect someone else to do that for you. So, yeah, I mean, there's every opportunity out there to to play. We just need to make it better. And I think one of the things that I did learn from tennis, there were a lot of people like Maureen Conley who gave back. And it's up to us to do that. We have to give back to pickleball, have to give back to badminton, have to give back to table tennis, or else it won't be available for us and for others coming after us. 
Man, you just encapsulated what I think you are all about, and that is something as broad and general as enjoying life. You said it's up to you, and that has, as I understand it, defined your life from the beginning because, as we noted, you had to fight to start a team to play in college. You had to fight to start a team to coach in, in college, and there is a George Bernard Shaw quote that I love, widely attributed to Robert Kennedy, but but it was Shaw who said, some men see things as they are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? And you have had to do a lot of why nots. You've had to say, why not a, a good bit in your life? What is it about you that, you know, when you got to Florida and there wasn't a tennis team that that made you think, I can start one? Well, my, my daughter says I just love to fight. <laughs> and so maybe that's true because I really do. I do enjoy it. But then my daughter is also an athletic director. And, you know, back in the 60s, there weren't any women athletic directors. And so it's worth it. And you have to make it happen. Somebody else is not going to do it for you. But there have been a whole lot of people, I mean, like Maureen Connolly, that really did wonderful things for for major sports. And I I put out the word to the pickleball player community, they need to do that too, or else pickleball will be a fad if somebody doesn't give back, if those top players don't give back. We're talking with Alice, Tim. Alice, I've already said your age once or twice. Are you okay if I say it again? <laughs> I, I wish it were different. <laughs> no, you know what? It's funny. What, what what I have seen is that up to a certain age, people don't want to share their age. And then beyond a certain age, and I think it's a little different for everybody, they can't wait to tell it to you. Uh, you're 80 years old. You're a vibrant, active, inspiring, and inspired 80-year-old. And you don't live your life in the past as illustrious as your past has been. But if it's OK, let's go back there for just a second, because we're talking about the history of tennis to some extent. And and that was an interesting time. I think the open era of tennis didn't begin until your career, your your international career w- was winding down. What was it like, you know, in your 20s, you know, playing tennis tournaments in Morocco and in Australia and, you know, literally all over the world? What was it like as a 20 year old girl playing tennis on that stage back then? Listen, you don't have enough tape (laughs) for the stories and how fantastic it was. I mean, first of all, what is the chance that somebody from Peoria, Illinois, would have to, to travel all over the world, meet kings and queens, have just incredible experiences? In those days, we didn't make money to speak of, so you had to spend your evenings at the at the club because they fed you free there and you stayed with people rather than staying in hotels so you were really integrated into the system i mean for example i stayed with a family in kenya the davies family and that was 1965 and kenya later became my research area in geology I go back every year, almost every year, not because of COVID. I haven't been able to. I'm still friends with those people. Hmm. And and we still travel together. And what was that, 50 years ago? And I could say the same about New Zealand, about Australia, India. These, these places were fantastic. And all that time we were playing. So we traveled together. 
We traveled on trains together, planes together. We stayed in the same hotels, men and women. There wasn't a separate women's tour and a separate men's tour. We were all together. So you got to know each other really well. And they're lifelong friends with similar experiences. And it it was just, it was so much fun because every night was a party. The Aussies drank, the Aussies danced, the Aussies made everybody happy. And like I say, I mean, I, I could just go on and on and on about, I didn't play for any other reason than it was really fun. And it can still be fun. I mean, pickleball is fun. Badminton is fun. The table tennis people are fun. But there again, we have to make it that way, make it fun. And and I try to. That's great. I, I was going to say, let's jump ahead 50, 60 years. And you've done that because I'm guessing the parties probably aren't quite the same. And maybe you don't travel as often or as far, but but you do travel back and forth, coast to coast. For goodness sakes, you're going to be playing in a nudist pickleball tournament coming up <laughs> later this year. Um, <laughs> you're still having fun, aren't you? Well, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't want to say age doesn't matter, but you make the decision whether you want to be happy at 80 or happy at 20. The tournaments aren't the same, but but they can be. I mean, we still laugh. We still have a tremendous amount of fun. We have a carload of people going down to Orlando to the nudist tournament. It'll be fun. <laughs> you know, 80 is only relative to fun. Maybe we shouldn't measure it in years. We should measure it in laughs. I, I love that. And let me ask the question that so many are thinking right now. You've got a carload of uh, of people your age going to Orlando for the nudist pickleball tournament. Is clothing optional? And, uh, you know, have you decided yet what your wardrobe's going to be? Well, you know, in my generation, I just can't. And they're they're going <laughs> to allow me to wear allow me to wear clothes. But they're the nicest people and they scoot around in their little golf carts, you know, with nothing on and and tell fun jokes and it it's a, a wonderful opportunity to learn a different culture. And I still by the way, you said that I don't travel as far. I I did with the International Pickleball Federation get tournaments in Spain. Germany, Italy. So I'm still trying to travel as far, but COVID put a cramp on things. And, you know, now it's starting back up again. So I'm working on it. I want to travel far. You know, one of the other things I I know about you, uh, one of the many things I love about you, Alice, Tim, is that you have so many different passions. Uh, You know, I can't imagine anybody like you ever getting bored or why anybody would get bored because there's so much to be interested in. There's so many things to advocate for. And one of the things that you're interested in and advocate for is the environment. And, And to the extent that you can, is it true that you kind of coordinate some of your travel schedules with opportunities to visit both national and state parks? Oh, everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, one of the great things about the Huntsman World Games is that it's near so many national parks and has that Snow Canyon State Park just like 10 minutes from the venue. And now we're going to go play in Washington State so I can go to Olympia National Park. I mean, really, in many ways, the sport is secondary to the opportunity to see the country. And that's been true all over the world. I've been an environmentalist since I could walk. And everybody should be because it's something we all share. So I'm a bit of a an advocate for all things environmental. 
And let's avoid politics if we can, but let's take a quick dip into what the heck is going on in our culture right now. Because, you know, when you participate in the National Senior Games, which you do when you engage with people uh, of all kinds, I mean, it, it, it's, it's uh, the most diverse community, the people that participate in master sports, I'm bothered by and I'm frustrated by the fact that it seems like so many of us can't get along. You know, as someone who has fought for what's right, who has fought to create opportunity for yourself and others, for someone that's got a, an obviously a, an agile brain that cares about the planet and cares about humanity, what do you think is wrong with 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 our culture today in terms of our inability to to be empathetic and care about one another? Well, I think leadership matters. Uh, there, there was a very interesting course on leadership throughout history. And one of the reasons that the British Empire was so successful was because of leadership. And I think that's true today. Again, people have to have to realize that we're all in the same boat as far as the planet goes. And it's not up to somebody else. It's up to each and every individual, whether it's recycling, whether it's teaching history to your kids. There's just no excuse for not contributing. And there are too many people that don't see it as an opportunity to contribute, to, to be an environmentalist. But leadership matters, whether it's a school or a, a, a political entity. There's absolutely no excuse for anybody not doing the right thing and contributing. Sorry, I get a little... No, yeah, you, you, you know what? I love it. It's fabulous. And, and I think it makes everybody that, that hears you and, and, and learns about you and gets to know you, you know, it's kind of one of those things I want more of, of what she has. Because you you have passion, you're leaning into life, you're involved in so many different ways. Uh, you know what is the, what is the recipe? Are you just a freak of nature, Alice Tim, and somehow no, you're genetically no, blessed? Just, what do you do? No, just quit bitching and do something. I mean, there's just way too much, you know, people yapping about this and that. Get out there and do it. Quit bitching and do something. I'm writing that down. There's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> I'm going to make a meme out of that if you're okay with that. Quit bitching and do something. Uh, Alice Tim. But beyond that, you know, what is, what do you do? I mean, how often do you work out? How do you work out? What do you eat? What kind of medicine? I don't work out. I only have fun. I only play with my friends and, and I, I only have fun. I don't work out ever. I've never worked out. I enjoy practicing. How about your diet? Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. I live on chocolate. That's a problem. You know, you know, Madame Jean Calmet, a French woman who was the oldest person to ever live, 122 years, 164 days before she died in 1997, ate two and a half pounds of chocolate every single week until she died. Oh, uh, so now that's uh, my kind of woman. Yeah, don't necessarily give that up. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. You also still write, as as I mentioned, and I have to tell you, you're you're a bit of a media star. I, I have seen the video tips that you do on Pickleball Channel. And you are really, really good on camera. I mean, you obviously you obviously enjoy that and you enjoy still having a voice in your sport, don't you? Well, I mean, again, there's a responsibility. 
you can't just have people come into the sport with no with no ambitions and no guidance. I mean, like I say, I've had tremendous examples. I think again, Maureen Conley, tremendous examples of people who have given back to their sport. And a lot of those people are really unsung heroes. Like for example, at the University of Florida, the reason we were able to start a tennis team was because there was a PE teacher named Miss Pie that drove the station wagon so we could play. A lot of the people you've never heard of, but they made it happen. And and I'm grateful to them. You have embraced, you know, one of the main tenets of Growing Boulder. You know, we talk all the time about the necessity to adapt and to accommodate as we age. And as we've talked to people who have continued to not accommodate. just... Well, adapt and accommodate to changing situations. So as you've aged and you no longer want to or no longer are able to run up and down a tennis court and play singles on a on the dimensions of a regular tennis court, you've adapted and you've accommodated uh, and have found a way to extract joy out of that activity, leveraging the skills that you have. And the same thing with table tennis. So I think that's one of the things that makes you unique is you don't give up something when you can no longer do it in the way that you used to. You adapt and you accommodate. And I can tell that you are bristling at the word accommodating because accommodation (laughs) is not something that you typically like to think of yourself as doing, is it? No, you try something new. I mean, table tennis is really difficult to be good, and it's really challenging. But every day you can see yourself get better, whereas tennis, you know, you go downhill. I mean, there's there's not a lot of 80 year olds playing Wimbledon. And so you you can learn a new sport or or learn to throw the javelin, for example. And all the techniques that's involved in that is just as challenging at 80 as tennis was back at when I was 17. All right. You're not going <laughs> to accommodate. So so Alice, let, let, let's wrap this up because there's so many things I, I, I like about you. You're an advocate for the sport of pickleball. You're an advocate for the environment. You're an advocate for so many things. But 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 mostly, I think you're just an advocate for the potential to continue to lead an active and engaged life as we age. And I know you've touched on some of this already, but give us give us a wrap up. Give us a moral of the story. What can we learn about life from you? What can we do, should we do, that will help us continue to live a life that has meaning and purpose into our 80s and 90s? I, I don't think you can learn anything from me. You oh. have to find it in yourself. Of course, I was very fortunate in that, you know, my parents, my mother lived to be 101 and my dad was well into his 80s. I don't think I ever heard either of my parents complain, ever. So I was lucky. And maybe that's we should pass that on to, to our children to be active and do the things that they want to do. But I don't think you can learn from me. I think you have to find it in yourself that you make your own fate. What What is the misquote that often our fate is in our star? It's not in our stars. It's in ourselves. And I don't think that comes from me. I think it comes from people wanting to be happy. And you make that decision if you want to be happy. You have to invest time in your friends. Time magazine just came out. You know, the most popular course at Yale is is one on how to find happiness. And she's in this uh, in the latest Time magazine issue. You make those decisions. And a lot of it is investing time in your friends. And then that comes back to you. You have to give something in order to receive or to build something. 
And I, I just, I have so much fun with my friends and, and I like to spend time with them. I really don't, I don't have any advice. It, it's, it's up to you. You're happy. What's uh, your advice? My advice. You're is doing that, stuff. You know, you're making a difference well, in the world. But, but see, you say you don't have any advice, but as you say that, then you give us advice. And the advice is to, is, is to do it yourself, to take personal responsibility, which I, I totally agree with. Well, that is excellent advice, Mark. I am glad. I was a little nervous, but I'm glad you pushed her on that. And it is up to us to take personal responsibility for everything we do. A little bit of tough love from Alice Tim, uh, and that really is her in a nutshell. She is tough as nails, tougher on herself really than anybody else. And her whole thing is this, expect more from yourself and don't stop until you get it. Coming up, a talk with the godfather of fitness, the man who motivated a generation and stayed active for all of his 96 years. It's a Growing Boulder classic with Jack LaLanne, next on Growing Boulder. Stay connected to Growing Boulder for daily doses of hope, inspiration, and possibility. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for our latest stories and motivational pictures. This is Growing Boulder, and you know, Bill, it wasn't that long ago that people had an entirely different idea about physical fitness. Many people thought it was ridiculous. Why waste your time? It really wasn't until a guy named Jack LaLanne came along and almost single-handedly inspired the nation. In fact, the entire world. From his own example, he proved that you can age with strength and vitality. And his personal story as to how he came to believe in all of that really is nothing short of inspiring. Yeah, his whole life was amazing. He lived to 96, lifting weights until the very end. And folks, Mark spoke with him back in 2006, and their conversation was priceless because it's as motivating now as it ever was. So let's turn back the clock and listen as Mark asked Jack about the fact that there were no role models for him. And not only that, everybody thought he was absolutely nuts. I started out at 15 years old. I dropped out of school for six months due to ill health, and I attended a health lecture. And after that lecture, I went home, and I went strict vegetarian, cut out all white flour, white sugar, started exercising at the Berkeley, California YMCA, and the rest is history. Just like that. You know, it's amazing how much things have changed. And I mentioned in the introduction oh. to you that back then they thought weightlifting would, would actually give you heart attacks. And even varsity coaches banned their athletes from lifting oh, weights. Absolutely. You couldn't, you'd be muscle bound, you know. Now there's not one world class athlete, men and women, not working out with the weights. And the doctors, without exception, they're saying if you're 80, 85, 90 years old, Build muscle. How do you build muscle? You've got to lift weights. You've got to overcome resistance. You know, it's easy for many people to make changes and do things when, when the, the consensus, the opinion around them uh, agrees with what they do. But what was it about you, Jack, that led you to, to, to go in this direction when, when no one else was there? I mean, how, what made you believe so strongly in the benefits of, of weight training? Well, if something worked for you, you'd be enthusiastic about it, wouldn't you? Sure. I was a weak, sick, miserable kid, 30 pounds underweight, 
and I started working out with the weights, my whole life changed immediately. I could do things that I'd never been able to do before. I could run faster. I could swim. I could, you know, I don't care what you do. It takes strength. It takes endurance, doesn't it? Absolutely. And that's why with my conception of weight training is don't rest between sets. When you do a set of exercise, a lot of these guys will do a curl, say, and then they'll rest for two minutes. What I do, I do with really keep it going, keep it going. Develop, you should develop your strength and endurance at the same time. Then you'll be proficient in sports or whatever you want to do. You know, Jack, what, what is it? Uh, obviously, you, you were a weightlifter. Uh, Mr. America have had a tremendous physique your, your entire life. But, you know, there's, there's never been a shortage of bodybuilders. What is it about you that not only did you have the, the body, the ability to develop the body, but also the business instincts, the inventiveness? I mean, I mean literally, the machines that we work out in, uh, on in health clubs today, the leg extension machines, the weight machines with the, the weight selectors and all that, you, you basically had to invent that, didn't you? I did that. I had the first one that I started inventing in 1931. I had the first weight selector, the first leg extension machine, the Smith machine, they call it now. That was mine. I had to do something to keep my students in my gym enthusiastic about something. So every three or four months, I'd invent a new piece of equipment. And they say, boy, what's he going with that now? <laughs> well, it was incredible. So all these things come out of your head. You know, when you get your back against the wall, we're all geniuses. You know that? You know We never use, most people never use what they really have. We're all intelligent. We're all Einsteins. We're everything. But people never bring it out. And when did you notice the tide begin to change in terms of the acceptance? When I went of, on television. And that was in the 1950s. Then I was getting to millions of people. I was in every station in the United States. We're in every station in Europe. I was on for 34 years. You were, you know, far more than the right guy at the right time. I mean, obviously, you had the expertise now. You had a mission and a message. But there was also something about you, Jack, and maybe it's telegenic would be the right word, but you literally jumped through that TV into people's you know living why? rooms. Why is that? Because I believed in what I was doing. I never had my life have thought about making money. How can I help people to help themselves? Billy Graham's for the hereafter, right? There you go. I'm for the here now. You know, and it's what, what, what's good of living? If you can't feel well, if you can't look well, if you can't do things that you'd like to do, you can't separate the mind and the body. You've got to work them together as a team. But everything, your health account, your bank account, you've got to put something in it. Most people keep withdrawing, and they put nothing back. Even the doctors, without exception now, they if you're 80, 90 years old, they want you to build muscle. How do you build muscle? You've got to overcome resistance by working with the weights. You, you mentioned, Jack, that you've got to put it in the bank. You've got to do the work. And, and unfortunately, that bank account will, will deplete itself pretty quickly if you don't continue to Absolutely. make... Absolutely. Uh, tell me about your workout schedule these days at 91 years old. How I, work out, I work out at an hour and a half of the weights. Every day? And then I work out seven days a week. Oh, my gosh. You don't need that. It's an eagle thing with me. I just want to see how long I can keep this up. Using me, Jack Lane, is an example. And what are you finding out, Jack, as the, the, the years come on? Are you having to modify your workout? Is it more difficult? I, don't, I go to, I, I'm not as strong as I was when I was 20. Right. But listen, for 90, going to be 92, boy, I can, I do things that most 
40-year-olds can't do. You know, I have one thing in my mind. I never forget about what you used to do. It's what I'm doing today. You know, this is the moment. Everybody says, what I used to do, what I'm going to do. But this moment, do something now. What can you do now? Got to work at living. And, and you know, you've got to life, enjoying life. You've got to enjoy, I enjoy life. And that's, you know, one of my big enjoyments in life is helping people. Like this program today, I'm very flattered and honored that you've asked me to come on. Maybe there's somebody out there that's going to say, "My golly, Jack and and, and Mark are right. I got to start doing something." And they'll start. Maybe they'll join a club, or they'll start walking, or they'll start eating better, they'll start doing something for themselves. You know, you made a good point a moment ago, Jack, uh, about eating right and, and, and eating high quality fuel. There are people, though, who I guess for lack of a better term, you would describe as health food nuts, but they don't exercise, and, and that pretty much defeats you know, the, the whole purpose. The trouble is, see, a lot of these guys, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of these athletes that have died young, you know? Right. They work out, they exercise, but they don't eat right. It's but a two-way street. another group that they eat right, but they don't exercise. Now, listen to this, Mark, and you ladies and gentlemen. Exercise is king. Nutrition's queen. You put them together, you've got a kingdom. There you go. That's a Lelanism, isn't it? You've got to put them together. Uh, the food you eat today is walking and talking tomorrow. <laughs> you've, got, you've got 80 trillion cells in your body. They're all nourished by the food you put in your body. You put junk in, junk comes out. You put good in, good comes out. What do you think, you know, all these cells, your hair, well, your hair, your skin, your sex life, everything controlled about your health, your vitality, your energy. This all comes the fuel you put in this human machine. Jack, you've always advocated exercise for the elderly long before it became accepted practice. As you've aged yourself, you've kind of become a bit of your own experiment, if you will. What have you learned about the benefits of exercise for folks as they grow older? As I've said, earlier, the older you are, the more you need exercise. As people get older, they just automatically start to slack down. Well, I'm 40 now, you know, or I'm 50, and, I, and they get that in their head, and they start slacking down. They get, Don't do that. Just say, I'm alive today. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to work it today. I'm going to put something in my health account. And forget about age. Age, that, that don't mean a thing. That's just something, it's a negative. Do the best you can with the equipment you have. Maybe you got arthritis in your shoulder or you have something else. There are 10 exercises you can't do, right? Maybe there's 100 you can do. People always make an excuse why they shouldn't do something. You just have to accommodate for, for whatever your disability is. or Absolutely. You work around it. You know, Jack, now that you have told us about your philosophy for life, which, among other things, is living in the moment, enjoying each and every day and not looking too far back, I'm going to ask you a question I know you're not particularly going to like, and you probably get asked it a lot. Do you think about living to 100? Do you set any goals in that? I never think about You know what I think about this day? This is the moment I've waited for. (laughs) This is it. I, I just, you know... I don't care how long I live, Mark, but I want to live while I'm living. Let me ask you this. Do you take supplements? Do I take supplements? Lots of them. At least 30 or 40 a day. Is that right? What kind of stuff? Everything from A to Z, but natural sources. You know, I eat like 10 raw vegetables, five pieces of fresh fruit. I eat all these whole grains and everything. But even that, today, so many of your soils are depleted. 
and the vegetables and the fruit, they don't have the same taste they had before because they're grown artificially, artificial fertilizers and everything. Those are all the reasons why you have to supplement to make sure you're getting all the vitamins and minerals that man has taken out some way. Doesn't that make sense? Where else can you hear an interview like that? It was a timeless, memorable, and inspiring conversation between Mark and the father of fitness and nutrition, Jack LaLanne. He was 91 then. He ended up living another five years, passing away in 2011 at the age of 96, but not before he blazed a trail to health and long life for the rest of us to follow to this day. Have you thought much about what you would like your later years to be like? Having a plan and, of course, letting your family know exactly what it is can help make sure that you have the best chance to age in place, which is pretty much what everybody wants to do. There are organizations out there that help people create plans that are right for them. We get more from Carrie Coombs of Caring Transitions. We've all heard of aging in place. We talk a lot about aging in place, but at Caring Transitions, you describe it a little bit differently. We call it aging in plan. I think it's a beautiful thing when somebody says, I have a plan, because it just means you've thought about it, and then we can start executing on it. But if you're going to be aging in place, wouldn't it better be served to say, I have a plan? You can live wherever you choose to with just a plan involved, even if that means decluttering and downsizing and organizing your home in such a way that it gives you peace, that you have a choice to stay in that certain location but you have planned to do so with the right things around you. And you're never going to be tripping over items. You're not going to be living in clutter. You're not going to have a situation where the house becomes overwhelming. It's aging in plan. I'm getting more and more all the time what you mean about the the necessity to plan. Because, you know, I think back about, you know, when my mother on the refrigerator had the phone number for the fire department and for emergency medical. Uh, If we don't plan for these life transitions when they happen suddenly, you know, we don't know what to do about it. Exactly. And the worst thing that can happen is, is your voice be taken from you and that you can't let others know what's important to you, what matters, what you would like to have as part of your everyday. So with just a little bit of planning, and I'm talking good old-fashioned, over-the-table, spaghetti dinner night conversations, you can get a lot of planning done. And those conversations are important because they're not only about what your wishes are, but it opens up the conversation about other people and their wishes and maybe what they're going through at a certain time of their life. But transitions help others understand that just a little bit of planning of that transition makes it so much better. We're all going to go through them. We might as well have a discussion about it and let our wishes be known. That is Carrie Coombs from Caring Transitions with some great information on the benefits of thinking things through and making a plan that everyone in your family is aware of. You can find more at growingbolder.com. Lots going on when it comes to issues that pertain to aging. And you know, Mark has a knack for finding something interesting to wrap our heads around. We'll find out what's on his mind next on Growing Boulder. Sign up for the Growing Boulder Insider Newsletter, delivered to your inbox every week. Be the first to see our latest interviews, stories, and tips for making each day count. Sign up today at growingbolder.com. 
Miss an episode of Growing Boulder Radio? Subscribe to our podcast and get it on your mobile device. Details at growingbolder.com slash podcasts. This is one of my favorite segments in the program. It's because we do get to talk about what's going on in aging. A lot of big issues out there, Mark. What do you have for us today? What is on your mind? You know, what's on my mind is how we are all going to age. And I read an interesting survey. 85% of those between the ages of 40 and 90 don't see themselves as being old. And it turns out that the standard that most people have for considering themselves to be old is when they lose their independence. And you know, that's really the name of the game for all of us. It's increasing our health span so that we can live on our own if we want to. We can continue to do the kind of things that we want to. And you know, I think we've talked about the growth in Florida before, but Florida is now the fastest growing state in the U.S. for the first time since 1957. 21% of all residents in Florida are now over the age of 65. And here's the frightening part. By 2025, There will be 6 million cases of Alzheimer's disease in the U.S. with 10% of those, 580,000 in Florida by 2025. That's more people with Alzheimer's in the state of Florida than currently live in Orlando and Tampa combined. So the question is, what can we do? And here's the statistic that everybody should be aware of. We can reduce the odds that we're going to get any type of dementia, including Alzheimer's, by getting physically active, by doing what Jack LaLanne and Alice Tim do. We can reduce the chances of getting Alzheimer's 50% by taking 10,000 steps every day. Granted, that's a lot of steps, but it's just walking. It's just movement. But we are not all going to be victims to Alzheimer's if we take control of our own lives. You know, it wasn't long ago that we thought, Mark, that that was, you know, you you had it in your genes. You were either going to get it or you weren't. But you're saying that we can take control and minimize that risk? You know, I'm not saying it, Bill. I'm just repeating it. It's one research study after another says that Alzheimer's can either be delayed or prevented by the lifestyle choices that we make. And here's the frightening part. 70% of those over 65 are going to require long-term care, and 37% have no retirement savings at all. Folks, it's up to us. we got to get moving. See, if nothing else, that's what growing bolder is all about. That's the importance of being active, aging well. That way, steps don't become something you do in a gym. They just become part of your lifestyle. Folks, get out there and make the best of the days that you have and keep living that growing bolder life. We'll see you again next time. The Growing Bolder Radio Show is a production of Growing Bolder LLC, all rights reserved. This program was recorded at Growing Boulder Studios in Orlando and is available as a weekly podcast on NPR One, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. It is written and produced by Jill Middleton, Mark Middleton, and Bill Schaefer. Technical director is Jason Morrow. Production manager is Michael Nannis. Chief audio engineer is Mac Dula. And our most important team member, you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep growing bolder every day. Crimson flames tied through my ears, going high and mighty trapped. Countless fires.